What should you know about the fantasy football rookie class at quarterback and running back, including Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs? It's time to break it down right here and right now as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Hi, I'm Michelle Majuk. I'm a researcher for NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. Yes, and we're excited. This is the new format for the show going forward. Uh, excited to have Michelle on as a co-host every day. Welcome to Lockdown on Fantasy Football, your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. We're part of Lockdown Network, your team every day. Thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen. Uh, we have something exciting again for you today. We're going to break down the rookie quarterbacks and running backs. I'm excited. I love to talk about rookies. And Michelle, I'm sure you do too, because again, we want something new. We want possibility, fresh faces yes. to try to load our fantasy football rosters. The shiny new toys, as I call them. Yeah, so it should be a lot of fun. And we'll get the quarterbacks out of the way first, because I'm not sure how much we're investing in them. But then we're going to have a fun conversation based on where we stand on Bijan Robinson versus Jameer Gibbs. So we'll get into that in our second segment. And then also look at some sleeper running backs. We'll go pretty deep here, just because why not? They're rookies, and we're always going to look at rookies as much as possible here. So, Michelle, let's uh, start at quarterback. I'll run down kind of how the industry is ranking these guys on Fantasy Pros right now. Around their ADP as well, Anthony Richardson is on – the board first at 18 so right there as a qb2 right behind him is bryce young of the panthers at 23 you have cj stroud at 28 will levis we know he's not going to start right away at 34 and going a little bit deeper if you want to we have clayton toon he's impressed so far at cardinals camp he's at 47 and you go to stetson bennett at 52 so what stands out to you there and the way these guys are kind of put together early michelle I mean, I think the clear one that should have the most impact as a rookie in fantasy is Anthony Richardson of the Colts just because of his mobility, right? That's what we're looking for here. A lot of rookie quarterbacks that are just pocket passers, it's going to take some time for them to become fantasy relevant. But with Anthony Richardson, we depend on him just running the ball a lot. And that's all we need out of our fantasy quarterback. So he had 654 rushing yards in 12 games played last year at Florida. He averaged over or nearly seven yards per carry at Florida and just an insane average. And when we're looking at mobile quarterbacks in their rookie season, so there's been 16 quarterbacks since 2010 to have 700 plus rushing yards in a season. Each of those 16 quarterbacks scored 18 plus fantasy points per game that season. 12 of the 16 scored 20 plus fantasy points. I don't think it's outrageous to say Anthony Richardson will have at least 700, 700 rushing yards this year, right? No, not at all. I mean, and also you make the parallel. Everyone's looking at it. Of course, we're not 
dumb looking at Shane Steichen and Jalen Hurts and that connection coming over from the Eagles. So there's a parallel there, right? For a quarterback that may need some time to develop his arm, but he's going to give you some fantasy football numbers with his legs. I mean, it comes down to are they going to be comfortable enough to start him right away, right, over Gardner Minshew? I think they'll give him every opportunity to do so, but we still have to see how that materializes and the decision that still has to come here through training camp preseason games. But I agree with you, Michelle. That's the so-called cheat code we know for even veteran quarterbacks. So if we're going to look at a rookie that has some upside, I think we're excited because he has that big arm as well. But we're all tying it to his big arm because – or to his legs, I should say, because we don't love Michael Pittman and the rest of this team so that much. So I think that's pretty much where his value is. And this is why he's ranked – are you surprised he's ranked this high? No, I'm not. I think his price is okay. I think it's fair. I mean, it's right around like the Geno Smith and the Jared Goff and after Daniel Jones, which I was saying every quarterback to have 700 rushing yards has hit at least 18 fantasy points. That's what Daniel Jones scored last year. And everyone was pretty happy with what he did. So I I'm fine taking Anthony Richard late and I don't necessarily want to have to depend on him in week one. So I hope to have another quarterback as well that I could start, but I think Richardson could be still a steal at that cost. He's not going too early where I'm like, Oh, this is too risky. Yeah. If I was going to bang the table for one of these other rookie quarterbacks that I think could surprise, I mean, I'm going to go pretty obvious here. I mean, I thought about CJ Stroud a little bit because I do like that offense, but I do like Bryce Young quite a bit. I've seen this kid play a lot in Alabama, and then I was able to talk to him. He's very mature for his age, that he can step in and lead an offense. I don't think anything that Frank Reich throws at him is going to be too much here. And there's some history, right? Frank Reich has had some relevant fantasy football quarterbacks in the past and worked well early in his career with uh, Carson Wentz. So when you look at Bryce Young, the only concern here is the weapons, right? Do I feel comfortable about Adam Thielen and Hayden Hurst maybe being his most reliable targets? We don't know what we're going to get from DJ Chark. I don't know what you're going to get from Jonathan Mingo or Terrace Marshall. So that makes me a little uncomfortable. And I also think the Panthers are going to run heavy, right, in this division with Miles Sanders and their defense. So that concerns me. It really comes down to how much will Bryce Young run, right? Will he take off? get those yards that are available? Can he get 400 rushing yards with three or f- to five TDs? That's a question mark. If he can do that, then you're starting to put, a, put together some numbers that work. But I'd say you go Richardson. I think if you can't get him, I think Bryce Young could be a viable backup that you look at to play in the right matchups, especially if you have an elite QB1. Yeah, so you hit the magic number there with the 400 rushing yards. I think that's what Young will have to hit to be even a useful quarterback whatsoever. So Justin Herbert is the only rookie quarterback all time to have fewer than 400 rushing yards and score 18-plus fantasy points per game in their rookie season. That's the only one to do it. And he had to he had to have 31 passing touchdowns in order to do that, which is the rookie record. I don't know if Bryce Young's going to be able to put up that type of passing production with the weapons he has. I think he's super talented. I have zero interest in drafting him this year. And that goes with CJ Stroud as well, just because they both have the capability of putting up rushing yards. I just don't, I don't think they're going to hit that 400 rushing yard metric this year. And both don't really have a true wide receiver one that we know of yet that has broken out yet. Yeah. 
Yeah, so maybe we're just looking at Anthony Richardson for the most part here. That's going to give us value. That's not to say that Young or Stroud, if you're playing the streaming game, couldn't have value sometime later in the season for a one-off start. Now, are you interested in any of these guys deeper? I mean, we might be talking dynasty and keeper and all that kind of stuff uh, with these other quarterbacks, but I'll mention Clayton Toon again. I'm not sure what you're going to get from the Cardinals quarterbacks right now. I mean, it, it didn't look good here with Kyler Murray. looks like he's going to need time. I'm not sure you're going to get much from a uh, Colt McCoy here. Do they give Clayton Toon an opportunity? That's the number one thing we're looking for. I don't love it because he's not a guy that's going to run at all, but there are some decent weapons right there with uh, Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, Zach Ertz and uh, Trey McBride to name a few. So I'm not sure what you're going to get, but look, I don't think the Cardinals are going to be all that good. They're among the last teams with the Super Bowl odds here. So they could be throwing a ton, maybe get some cheap volume, but that's the only way I look at it. And then you look at maybe Stetson Bennett, if Matthew Stafford has more shoulder issues, do they give him a shot there in that Sean McVay offense? Uh, Either of these guys interest you just as a watch list to waiver wire or even for 2024? Not in the slightest. Not not even <laughs> even considering it. Hard to sell it to I, I do think <laughs> like we could see these. <laughs> yeah. I do think we could see these guys play sometimes, but I'm not going to throw them into my lineup. I mean, the Cardinals, it's they're just kind of a disaster of a team this year. So even if he does get the start over Colt McCoy, A, you don't know when Kyler Murray is going to come back. So you could be, you know, picking up a guy or drafting a guy that's only somewhat useful for a week or two. But also, like, his weapons aren't good. It's Marquise Brown and Rondell Moore. Like, there's yeah. they're not the worst, but it's not like, oh, they still have DeAndre Hopkins to pass to. And – we saw Baker Mayfield last year with the Rams, right? It's not like you wanted to start him. I don't think Stetson, Be- Stetson Benson is going to put up uh, any more than what he did if he does get into a game. Yeah, and keep in mind, Brock Purdy, all the buzz he got for the 49ers wasn't putting up big fantasy numbers. It just wasn't happening. So, But also, he was playing in Sean McVay's system. These these guys don't get to play in Sean McVay's. Or, yeah, sorry, cool. in Kyle Shanahan's system. I guess that's what Vincent weird. does get yeah, to play anyway. with Sean yeah, McVay. But, yeah, Brock Purdy was also pretty much a game manager, right? He was handing the ball off a lot, and the numbers weren't there, right? He had an okay floor, but the ceiling was absolutely not there. So... Just yeah. keep in mind, don't get overhyped on rookie quarterbacks. I know there's a lot of reality hype over them, but don't follow the fantasy hype on them. They're just not going to give you much value here in 2023. Now, in our next segment, we will talk about two guys that are going to give us a ton of value in fantasy football. We'll look at the running backs, turn our attention. They deserve their own segment here, Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. So excited to break those guys down for you. Before we do that, I've got to tell you that this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You'll be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And we're looking for people all the time in our businesses, and we want to uh, hire the right team. It's a winning team that we're looking for in fantasy football. you got to have the right mix of people as well. And it's very easy to post a job there on LinkedIn Jobs. And all you do is add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're 
organization is hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, Michelle, we're going to continue the show here, and this is the fun part. We got the quarterbacks out of the way. Now we get to talk about two of our favorite backs, maybe at different levels here, Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. We talked about Bijan being one of your favorite guys here this year, so I'll let you have it. Go for it on Bijan. Yeah, so he's going as a running back three, and you might say that's a crazy cost for a rookie. I'm all in, and I'm considering him. If I were to have the 101, I'm considering taking him, which might sound crazy to take him over CMC, but due to my concerns that CMC can stay healthy for a full year, I might go over the Bijan, but Bijan's so good. So last year at Texas, he just put up a world chill, 6.1 yards per carry and 16.5 yards per reception while scoring 20 touchdowns all in 12 games. And now he's joining a team with the Falcons that all they want to do is run the ball. They had 559 rushing attempts last year. Even if that comes down a little bit, it's still going to be around the 500 mark. I don't think it's going to fall below that. It should still be higher than 500 rushing attempts. And he's going to get so many touches. I know Tyler Algiers there, but if this team is running the ball 500 plus times and he's so good as a receiver as well, and they don't have a ton of weapons, he's going to get at least 300 touches next season. I think pretty easily. Like, I don't think that's a bold take to have nine rookie running backs have had 300 plus touches since 2010. All nine scored at least 15.8 points per game. I'm talking PPR here. To compare, only eight running backs averaged more than 15.8 points per game last season. So his floor, I think, is running back eight, and that's if he performs like Alfred Morris because he's the rookie that scored the fewest uh, points per game, and that was in 2012 with Washington. But you could have a performance like Saquon Barkley, who scored the highest points per game out of these nine guys at 24 points per game. He was the RB1 that year. It seemed crazy to take Saquon Barkley first off the board in his rookie season, but guess what? It paid off and I'm all in on Bijan this year. Yeah. I'm going to go deeper into the past for you, Michelle, and go back to Edger and James. And I remember Ooh. in our fantasy football drafts back then, it was like one person in our league was like, I'm taking Edger and James, no matter what. I think he took him at number two overall. And everyone was like, looking, what's going on here with Edger and James? I think he went right behind Marshall Falk or somewhere in that range. But Edger James, we know what his career was like, and he was in the perfect offense, right, for what he wanted to do. The Colts were an up-and-coming team. Now you have all the parallels here with Arthur Smith and Derrick Henry and pounding the ball. You have the talent. You have the pedigree. You have the offensive line. Let's not forget the investment mm. that the Falcons made on the offensive line with Chris Lidstrom and the Caleb McGarry. That right side is absolutely dominant. So now you have a running back that you plug and play. And I think Tyler Algier was eating up chunks of yards, as you saw last yeah. year. So Bijan is in a perfect opportunity with all the things we're looking for. He checks all the boxes, a perfect marriage of scheme and player. So look, is it hype with Bijan? I don't think so. I think it's just reality. We've done our homework and we've looked at it and all 
the situation says is this guy's going to produce barring injury. Now, I am going to talk about my guy a little bit here, Michelle, and I, it's not like I don't like Bijan, but I'm looking at Jameer Gibbs again. He's still stuck around 16, where Bijan is going anywhere from one to three overall in the half-point PPR and really in all formats there. But when you look at Jameer Gibbs, I look at this Lions offense, right? And again, we I talked about it a little bit. Most vacated touches in the backfield, and it makes sense. When you lose DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, that's going to happen. And then you bring in David Montgomery, who I feel like is just a guy. Like, I've never been all that impressed. He's been a volume-based play when yeah. he's looking at the Bears. So, Jameer Gibbs, again, a high first-round reality pick. Great offensive line once again to talk about that he can just run behind that line. I think the Lions are going to be a better team than the Falcons overall, so they'll be playing with leads a little bit. I don't think it affects these guys too much because they'll catch passes even if there's a negative game script. But when you look at Gibbs, I think he's going to finish a lot of drives here. This team's going to score more points, have more yards. There's going to be more opportunities. The one thing that you might put in Bijan's column here is Falcons are going to run heavy where the Lions are going to probably throw the ball a little bit more here as well. So all these things to factor, but I think Jameer Gibbs is too low at 16. I think to me, he's an RB1 and should be in the top 12. What do you think on that, Michelle? Yeah, I'm pretty high on Gibbs as well. Uh, I wish David Montgomery wasn't there just because I'm a little bit worried about who will get the goal line work. But when like DeAndre Swift even had 70 targets last year. So I, I and he seems like he can never stay healthy and he had his issues actually staying on the field. I think Gibbs will be a heavily targeted player in this offense, especially considering they really have Amon Ross and Brown and not much else that you can rely on uh, for Goff to target this year. So Gibbs could be absolutely fantastic in PPR leagues. It just comes down to hopefully he gets some goal line work as well and it doesn't all go to David Montgomery. Uh, but he was explosive in college, such a great receiving back as well. Average nearly seven yards per touch uh throughout his college career just he he's a great talent i'm fine with his draft cost yeah and you look at the situation with the alabama backs that went in the first round of the real draft josh jacobs and Najee harris these guys did produce because they did it with volume but jameer gibbs actually might be a little bit more talented in a key spot in the passing game where i did like harris and jacobs as kind of power backs but I, I like Gibbs and the pass catching ability. I do think that asset puts him above those guys a little bit more. Harris is pretty good as well. We know that, uh, as you would know, Michelle with Pittsburgh. But I think this guy has another gear in that style of uh, offense. So I'm really excited about Gibbs. I'm really excited about Robinson. I don't think you can go wrong with either. I'm going to maybe lean toward these guys, like you said, Michelle, maybe over veterans, right? Veterans that have some mileage. These guys have limited mileage. They're in great situations to produce. So would you feel comfortable again with uh, Robinson? You said you would take him number one, potentially. Mm -hmm. Would you take Gibbs in the top 10? In the top 10? No, yeah. no, 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 no. I'll take him where his you current take him cost is. Or something like that. Yeah, he's going right now 29th overall. So you have to kind of grab him at the top of the third there. I feel comfortable with that. I mean, I don't want both Robinson and Gibbs, right? I don't want to take that kind of risk with two rookies yeah. that, hoping to just get a huge workload out of both of them. But if I if I don't go with Robinson and I'm staring at Gibbs, I do think he has the upside to, to land as a top 10 running back at the end of the year. 
really he's going in between Najee Harris and Joe Mixon. So that's your choice, right? Do I go with the right. guys who I know is going to get a ton of workload, but they haven't been efficient whatsoever? Or do I take the chance that Gibbs will, he won't get as big of a workload as these guys, but he'll be more efficient. Where do you lean if you had to choose between Harris, Gibbs, and Mixon? I think I would go Gibbs, and uh, there's a couple things that are working against some of these guys. I mean, I, I don't know how much I believe Jalen Warren's going to get more touches, but he's been hyped out of camp once again for his work in the passing game with that to cut into what Harris does. Uh, and then you look at Joe Mixon, the Bengals don't even seem to like him all that much, but he's <laughs> got to get touches here because Samaj P. Ryan is gone. I don't know how much you'll see these other – young backs that they tend to hype up as well. So I can't tell you exactly because I thought Joe Mixon might see less work last year in key spots, and he still ended up pretty high in fantasy scoring. So I I think I, I lean towards youth, Michelle. I'm going to just say that. Okay. Uh, I'm a little older, but I lean towards the younger backs a lot. I'm a big hype guy, so I'm glad we're talking about rookies here. So we do have some sleepers we should uh, talk about as well. There's a lot of good running back value there that you can check out across the board we'll look at that in our final segment uh, and see where these players are currently ranked and going in drafts i do have to tell you that uh, we have a new sponsor here on the show michelle and it's exciting because it's underdog fantasy and august is here you know what that means it's official start of fantasy football drafting month get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on underdog fantasy all you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. Underdog lets you set your best lineup every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back, and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including absurd $3 million going to, to the winner's bank account. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. It's already August here. Visit underdogfantasy.com to find them in the app store and sign up with the promo code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. Check it out. It's the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball. Check it out. Uh, best ball mania. You want to get on the best ball mania four. So there's only been three. So get into it and it, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we might share what we do here, Michelle, with this uh, tournament. So I'm excited to check it out and uh, put together a, great best ball team here in 2023 all right it is uh, time to close the show looking at our other running backs we know Bijan robinson jameer gibbs are probably gonna live up to expectations here but michelle let me quickly run down some of the rankings and i'll go pretty deep here for you you have zach charbonnet at 40 among running backs in half point ppr you have devin a cane a chain however you want to say it uh, he's pronounce his name in many ways at this point 43rd on the board you have Kendra Miller of the Saints at 50 Tank Bigsby with the Jaguars at 53 Roshan Johnson your Bears third stringer for now at 55 Tajay Spears behind Derrick Henry in the in the Titans offense at 65 Chase Brown behind the aforementioned Joe Mixon at the 68 Zach Evans behind uh, at least Cam Akers with the Rams at 69 and yes we're going this deep here Israel Abani Kanda at 70. So there you go. I set the table for all those backs and how they're ranked in order. Anything stand out there to you, Michelle, on uh, who you're looking at and who intrigues you? 
Well, I think we need a hit on Zach Charbonnet first, right? Because he's the he's the guy that went after Gibbs and Robinson. He was drafted in the second round. And he plays on a team that loves to run the ball. And uh, their running backs typically struggle to stay healthy. So he should get playing time. But A, he's already health, or he's already injured. He's dealing with a shoulder injury. So we'll have to keep an eye on that throughout training camp. But He's an impressive back. He played at UCLA. He led the FBS in all-purpose yards per game last year. He had over 1,300 rushing yards, 14 rushing touchdowns, and averaged seven yards per carry, plus added 321 yards to the air. I think if they're both healthy, because Kenneth Walker, his teammate in the backfield, is also dealing with a groin injury right now. If both of these guys are healthy, I think they both play quite a bit of snaps and kind of work together where Charbonnet may be the third down guy and get a lot of the receiving work, while Walker is more of that first and second down guy. It comes down to really who gets the goal line work. Uh, Charbonnet is a little bit bigger than Walker, so maybe he can get it. I just are both of them just going to hurt each other too much. That's my worry. Yeah. And I think part of it is we like saying Zach Charbonnet. I, yeah. The thing <laughs> it's a good last name. I took French uh, for many years, so I love saying Charbonnet. And uh, so that's part of it. But yeah, I don't like the Seahawks, right? They always do this. They did the thing with Rashad Penny and then they had Chris Carson, right? They just are very fickle with their backs, right? They just want more and more, it seems like. And Pete Carroll is probably part to lead to blame for this, that he likes run-first type offense and playing old-school defense. So I don't know what you're going to get from Harvard. I don't know exactly what the carry and touch distribution is going to be here. It's a little confusing here between these two. So this situation I may want to avoid a little bit until I have clarity on one of these guys' health and maybe Walker maybe having – a guarantee to get like 60% of the touches. So it's really hard. I mean, Seattle has been a tough place uh, to really trust running back since uh, Marshawn Lynch has been there. We've had different guys cycle in. So that's something to keep in mind there. I think you look at Devin Akane and looking at his role with the Dolphins, I do like the potential because Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr., these guys cannot stay healthy. Then you have Miles Gaskin. I'm really surprised they brought back Wilson and Mostert. I guess they were so dirt cheap here, and Mike McDaniel must love them from San Francisco to keep them around. But McCain just seems to be a little bit more dynamic. Remember his reaction when they drafted him? So, again, another guy that's hard to figure out, right? He has certain guys that he likes, and he can turn from one guy to the other. Then there's the durability issues. But I also look at the Dolphins being one of the past heaviest teams in the NFL that they throw 65 to 70% in that range from game to game. So that also hurts. So I don't know if I would go there. To me, one guy that really stands out, I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity to score here is Tank Bigsby. I think the Jaguars are going to be an explosive Oh, we're going to fight. We're going to fight. No, no. <laughs> so, Travis, he had... I mean, no, I no, just like, you know, I could like dude. saying tank, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want, I want to hear why you think tank big Z. I, I'm sorry. I cut you off there, but I have yeah. insecurities about him, you know, taking work from Travis Etienne. So this is my own issue. These are my own issues yeah. here. So yeah, tell me I, why I, I should be nervous tank. about tank. Yeah. I got, I like guys named tank. And I also look at, <laughs> I was surprised, right. The way this backfield went, like, I'm not sure why they added Dearness Johnson too. And then, because remember, Dearness Johnson really helped us in fantasy when Nick Chubb was hurt a couple years ago. So 
he's a pretty good back as well. I'm just a little bit worried that they're going to maybe specialize Travis Etienne a little bit more. That's not a bad thing, right? Hopefully he can turn into the version of Austin Eckler in this Jaguars offense, and then Michelle can rest easy, and then there's some work for some other guys. I wonder if Bigsby can be like a Jamal Williams light and just pop into the end zone a few times, get us a few touchdowns. Break I just think heart. the Jaguars are going to score a lot of points. So I think that's good. There's going to be more yards, more points available here with this offense. We know you look back at the Eagles, right? In 2017, when they made that run with Doug Peterson, all kinds of guys were scoring. Nelson Aguilar was even relevant in fantasy football back then. So you know that this offense can light it up. So I'm looking for some trickle down from Travis Etienne with Tank Bigsby. And that's where I'm going, and besides the name I like. So I don't know if there's anyone there with Johnson, Spears, Brown, Evans, Abani Kanda, even that you like beyond uh, Bigsby. And maybe you can explain why he brought so much consternation to you. Well, I just I don't think Tank Bigsby is anything special. It really just has to come down to the point that I love Travis Etienne so much, and I just want yeah. him to be utilized as a bell cow. I do and, too. Yeah. I do think one guy that we're might be overlooking a little bit is Saints running back Kendry Miller. Uh, especially the reports came out yesterday that Alvin Kamara is expected to receive some type of suspension uh, for his uh, it was a felony and then it went down to a misdemeanor. But so we don't know what that suspension will be, but that's going to open up a lot of snaps for Kendry Miller and Jamal Williams. And he was super impressive in college and they spent a third round pick on him, but he, he has good enough size at 5'11, 215, yeah. had nearly 1400 rushing yards, 17 rushing touchdowns last season at TCU. Really? I think a very talented running back that could be a very sneaky rookie value this year. Yeah, I do like that call a lot. I mean, again, it's a good situation, right? You don't know what's going to happen. I think with Roshan Johnson, it's hard because he's third right now behind Khalil Herbert and Donta Foreman, Tajay Spears. Yeah. We've always looked for the guy behind Derrick Henry. It's been hard to go that way. The Bengals are quite crowded when it comes to Chase Brown. I do like the player, but the situation's not great. But I'm going to go to the guy that was actually a teammate of Kendry Miller at one point at TCU before he had to go to Ole Miss. That's Zach Evans. They're still sorting out this backfield with the Rams. Now I like Cam Akers and he, he is a quality back, but we know he's got some durability issues. They just had to sign Royce Freeman and Sonny Michelle retired from the NFL. So they have Royce Freeman and Kyron Williams right now. They've hyped up Kyron Williams enough times. I'm not sure that he's going to hold up ever for them, but I, I think he, he reminds me a little bit of uh, John Kelly. They had it for a while and they talked to him up and then he was gone. So I think, Look at Zach Evans. I think he's a good fit. Now, the key for him to be a valuable handcuff is obviously winning that number two job, and then you might get a little bit interested here because I think the Rams are going to lean a little bit more on the run, maybe early times with Sean McVay and uh, Todd Gurley. So he's got to win that number two job, and I think he if he does that, then he's a premium handcuff at the worst. But I do like the way he ran as well. Yeah, I mean, we can never trust Cam Akers to stay healthy, really, either throughout his career. So he could definitely get a chance this year. I was going to go a little bit deeper, but I mean, beyond this list. But I do want to think about Eric Gray a little bit uh, in New York, just because Saquon, look, he got the big deal. Now, I don't know if he'll be motivated for one year to stay healthy on that deal. I just don't trust Barkley again with his history and really Matt Breida. He's not going to hold up. So 
I think you have to always be looking, right? I think that that's a key, Michelle. If you're looking for running back sleepers as rookies, you can't shut the door on anyone, I don't think, because it always is someone coming out of nowhere. I think great example, Elijah Mitchell, right? We didn't know mm-hmm. where he was. He was actually the better rookie than Trey Sermon at that point. So I, I think isn't that a key, I think, is just make sure if they have a pulse and they're running the ball in a decent situation and they're rookies, I think you have to pay attention to them. You know, who one guy who has a pulse, uh, the Colts, Evan Hall, I think is someone you should just keep an eye on. I'm not saying you should be drafting him, but keep an eye on him. Jonathan Taylor has asked for a trade. Zach Moss broke his arm. Hull is listed as a running back three on their depth chart. He was a fifth round pick this year. He is okay size at 5'10", 209 pounds. He led the FBS. All FBS running backs with 55 receptions and 546 receiving yards last season and had 101 forced missed tackles since 2021. So, like, he's a decently talented running back, and he might be forced into some snaps here because they don't have any other running backs at this moment. Yeah, I didn't want to bring up Evan Hall because I don't want to be a Northwestern homer. It's really hard uh, to uh, be a Northwestern homer right now. It's not something that uh, we talk about much at this uh, juncture, at the stage of uh, what's going on. But look, on the field, Evan Hall was productive, and I did like him, and he was a key part of what they did offensively. So I, I like his skill set. I'm a little bit biased there, as uh, you might think. So I, I do want him to get on the field and do something here. We've seen some Northwestern guys do okay. Justin Jackson has helped us a little bit in fantasy. But, yeah, you're right. you got to pay attention to everything, right? Some yep. things can change in a hurry here with the rookie backs and – you don't know what's going to happen in Dallas, right? Is Deuce Vaughn suddenly going to have some value behind Tony Pollard? It's just going to happen. I think I weigh more than but, Deuce Vaughn. Yeah. So, so probably, I, I think, he's probably not going to do much. No, he's probably not. But I think we have to just look at everybody and just keep uh, – don't say, I don't know this guy. I've never seen him in college. He's a rookie. Just look at what his role could be. Trust the people that have maybe seen the scouting on these players and say, this is what he can do. This is the kind of system he can fit in, right? So – and if you do that and do a little bit of homework there, I think it'll help you. So don't worry. A lot of these rookies that we've talked about, some of them are going to pop up on their waiver wire at some point, and you'll be like, how? How did this happen? That's what happened in fantasy football. So, Michelle, uh, any other uh, closing thoughts here on uh, the rookie quarterback and running back class? No. I think uh, we hit on everybody I wanted to hit on. Draft B. John Robinson. That's, that's my closing argument. I'm going to say draft B. John Robinson and draft Jameer Gibbs. That's what I'm going to say. If you can do it, I would do it. So there you go. (laughs) Um, This is the end of our look at the quarterbacks and running backs in the rookie class in 23. Thanks again for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow. That means we'll break down the rookie wide receivers and tight ends. Excited for that. So a lot of uh, good value there that we can look at there. Deep sleepers and uh, guys that uh, could have a big impact on our fantasy team. So We'll close the week with that. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. This is Michelle Majuk. All right. See you all. Bye, y'all.